Chapter 16 of The Charing Cross Mystery by J. S. Fletcher. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Still more. Blenkinsop's sudden announcement, caught altogether unexpected by Heatherwick, as a result of the last few minutes' proceedings, seemed to strike Matherfield with all the force of a lightning like illumination. His mouth opened. His eyes widened. He turned on Heatherwick as if, having been lost for a while in a baffling maze, he had suddenly seen a way pointed out to him. "'Oh, that's it, is it?' he exclaimed. "'A twin sister, eh? Then, but go on, Mr. Blankensop. I'm beginning to see things.' "'The matter is doubtless puzzling.' to outsiders responded blenkinsop to clear it up i shall have to go into some family history lady riversreed and madame listorel are i repeat twin sisters they are the daughters of a man who in his time was captain of various merchant ships the old sailing ships and who knocked about the world a good deal he married an american woman and his two daughters were born in galveston texas they were educated in america but there's no need to go into the particulars of their early lives there's a certain particular that i should like to have some information about if you please interrupted heatherwick the mrs whittingham who was at sellathwaite ten years ago had the figure of a snake tattooed round a wrist in various colours. She wore a black velvet band to cover it. Now, Blenkinsop turned to his partner with a smile. I thought that would come up, he said. Well, Mr. Heatherwick, if you want to know about that matter, both sisters are tattooed in the same fashion. That was a bit of work of the old sea-dog, their father, a fancy, and a very foolish one, of his. He had the children tattooed in that way when they were quite young, much to their disgust when they grew older. Each lady wears a covering velvet armlet, as I know. Proceed, if you please, said Heatherwick. That's cleared up. "'I gather that you've been making inquiries on your own account,' observed Blenkinsop. "'Well, since we're determined to tell you everything, we'll be as good as our word. "'So let's come to the Sellathwaite affair. "'You've probably heard only one version. "'You may have got it from Hannaford. "'You may have got it from old newspapers. "'You may have got it on the spot. "'It's immaterial to us.' "'But you haven't heard the version of the lady who was then Mrs. Whittingham. "'That puts rather a different complexion on things. "'For reasons of her own, with which we've nothing to do, "'Mrs. Whittingham, her proper and legal name at that time, "'stayed at Sellathwaite for a while. "'She had various transactions with a jeweller there, Eventually, she brought from him a diamond necklace at a price, £3,900. She gave him a cheque for the amount, fully expecting that, by the time it reached her bankers in Manchester, 
certain funds for her credit would have reached them from america there was a hitch the funds didn't arrive the cheque was returned the jeweller approached the police hannaford their superintendent there got out a warrant and tracked down mrs whittingham he arrested her and she got away from him left england and returned to america for some time she was in financial straits but she did not forget her liabilities and eventually she sent the sellethwaite jeweller the agreed price of the diamond necklace and eight years interest at five per cent she holds his formal receipt for the money she sent him so much for that episode whether hannaford ever knew of the payment or not i don't know we are rather inclined to believe that he didn't but the necklace was paid for and paid for handsomely i may as well say that i'm aware of that remarked heatherwick i have been informed of the fact at first hand very good i see you have been at sellethwaite said blenkinsop with another of his shrewd smiles now then we come to what is far more pertinent recent events the situation as regards lady riversreed and madame listorel some little time ago say when hannaford came to town was this lady riversreed widow of sir john riversreed had inherited his considerable fortune and was settled at riversreed court in surrey and had founded a home for wounded officers close by of which my friend and partner mr pantony there is london representative her sister madame listorel had a flat at paddington and another in new york she was chiefly in new york but she was sometimes in london and sometimes in paris as a matter of fact madame listorel is an expert in precious stones and a dealer in them but she has recently become engaged to be married to a well-known peer an elderly very wealthy man which possibly has a good deal to do with what i am going to tell you probably i think blenkinsop not possibly suggested pantony probably decidedly probably then probably assented blenkinsop he leaned forward across his desk toward the two listeners now gentlemen your closest attention for i'm coming to the really important points of the matter those that affect the police particularly about a fortnight ago lady riversreed being in her private office at her home close by riversreed court was waited upon by a man who sent in a card bearing the name of dr cyprian Bazveri. lady riversreed thought that the presenter of this card was some medical man who wished to inspect the home and he was admitted to see her she soon found out that he had come on no such errand as she had imagined he told her a strange tale he let her know to begin with that he was fully conversant with that episode in her sister's life which related to sellethwaite and the diamond necklace lady riversreed who knew all about it 
felt that the man's information had been gained at first hand he also let her know that madame mistorin's whereabouts and engagements were familiar to him in short he showed that he was well up in the present family history both as regards lady riversreed and her sister then he let his hand be seen more plainly he told lady riversreed that a certain gang of men in london had become acquainted with the facts of the salathwaite matter the warrant the arrest the escape and that they were also aware of madame listorel's engagement to lord we will leave his name out at the present or referred to him as lord x and that they wanted a price for their silence in other words they were determined to blackmail if they were not paid their price they were going to lord x with all the facts to tell him that he was engaged to a woman who as they would put it was still liable by the law of the land to arrest and prosecution for fraud isn't she asked matterfield suddenly no time limit in these sort of cases i think mr blenkinsop liable ten or twenty or thirty years after i think i've already said that the salathwaite affair was one of account replied blenkinsop there was no intent to defraud and a full amount and interest on it was duly paid but that's not the point we're dealing with the presentment of this to lady riversreed by the man buzvillie of course lady riversreed didn't know how the law might be and she was alarmed on her sister's account she asked buzvillie what he wanted he told her plainly then that he could settle these men if she would find the money he had he said a certain hold over them which he could use to advantage lady riversreed wanted to know what that hold was he wouldn't tell her she then wanted to know how much the men wanted he wouldn't say what he did say was that if she would be prepared to find the money to silence them he during the next week would exert pressure on them to accept a reasonable amount and would call on her on the following friday and tell her what they would take she made that appointment with him and i hope took advice in the meantime muttered matterfield not to have handed him over there and then no she took no advice in the meantime continued blenkinsop madame d'istorel was in paris major pentony was away on business in the country lady riversreed awaited basveri's next coming when he came he told her what his gang wanted thirty thousand pounds he specified too the way in which it was to be paid in a fashion which would have prevented the payment being traced to the people who received it but now lady riversreed was more prepared she had had time to think she expected major pentony next day she also knew that her sister would return from paris on the following monday 
So she told Basveri that she would give him an answer on Monday evening, if he would make an appointment to meet her at some place in London. Eventually, they made an appointment at Vivian's in Candlestick Passage. Basveri went away. Next day, Lady Riversreed told Major Pantany all that had happened. As a result, he went with her to Vivian's on Monday evening. They waited an hour beyond the fixed time. Basveri made no appearance. Just so, muttered Matterfield. He wouldn't, the Major being there. Perhaps, assented Blenkinsop. Anyway, he didn't materialize. So Lady Riversreed went away, leaving Major Pentany behind her. I may say that he stopped there for some further time, keeping a sharp lookout for the man whom Lady Riversreed had described in detail, a remarkable man in appearance, I understand, but he never saw him. No, exclaimed Matherfield cynically, of course he didn't. But she would have done if she'd gone alone. Well, there it was, continued Blenkinsop. Now for Lady Rivers Reed. She drove to her sister's flat in Paddington and found Madame Listorel just returned from Paris. She told her all that had happened. Madame Listorel determined to go to New York at once and get certain papers from her flat there which would definitely establish her absolute innocence in the Salisweight affair. Leaving Lady Riversreed in the flat, Madame Listorel set off for Southampton before five o'clock next morning. Yes? Matherfield, uttering a deep groan, smote his forehead. Aye, he muttered, just so to be sure. But go on, go on, sir. "'You seem to be highly surprised,' said Blenkinsop. "'However, at Southampton she booked a passage in a name she always used when travelling, her maiden name, by the Tartaric, sailing that afternoon. "'That done, she went to a hotel for lunch. "'She then began to think things over more calmly, "'and in the end, instead of sailing for New York, she went back, cancelling her booking,' and set off by train to Lord X's county seat in Wiltshire, and told him the whole story. She wired to her sister as to what she had done, and in the evening wrote to her. Meanwhile, Lady Riversreed had returned, early in the morning, to Riversreed Court. Major Pentony went with her. He was confident that Basveli would turn up. He did turn up. But he did not see Lady Riversreed. He saw Major Pentony, alone. And Major Pentony, after a little plain talk to him, metaphorically kicked him out and told him to do his worst. He went, warned that if he ever showed himself there again, he would be handed over to the police. Matherfield groaned again but the reason of his distress was obviously of a different nature. "'A mistake, sir, a great mistake,' he exclaimed, shaking his head at Pentony. "'You shouldn't have let that fellow go like that. You should have handed him over there and then. Go? 
you don't know where he may be. Oh, well, we're not quite such fools as we seem, Matherfield, he replied. When I went down to Dorking with Lady Riversreed on Tuesday morning, I had with me a smart man whom I can trust. He saw Basveri arrive. He saw Basveri leave. I think we shall be able to put our fingers on Basveri at any moment. Our man won't lose sight of him. Oh, well, that's better, sir, that's much better, said Matherfield. That's all right. That chap like that should be watched night and day. But now, gentlemen, about this reward. Your notion of offering it sprang, of course, from this Basveri business. But how, exactly? Did he mention Hannaford to Lady Riversreed? No, replied Blenkinsop. I'll tell you how we came to issue the advertisement. All Sunday afternoon and evening, and for some time on Monday morning, Lady Riversreed, Major Pantony, and myself were in close consultation about this affair. I'll tell you at once how and why we connected it with the poisoning of Hannaford, of which, of course, all of us had read in the newspapers. I how now asked matherfield because of this answered blenkinsop he tapped his desk to emphasize his words watching matherfield keenly as he spoke because of this basveri told lady riversreed that the gang of blackmailers had in their possession the original warrant for mrs whittingham's arrest Heatherwick felt himself impelled to jump in his chair to exclaim loudly. He repressed the inclination, but Matherfield was less reserved. Ah! he exclaimed sharply. Ah! Basveri made a false step there, continued Blenkinsop. He should never have told that. But he did. No doubt he thought a rich woman easy prey. Now, of course, when we came to consult, we knew all about the Selthwaite affair. We knew, too, that Hannaford was superintendent at the time, and that he had the warrant. It was not at all improbable that he had preserved it in his pocket-book, and had it on him when he came to London. What, then, was the obvious conclusion? That the men who now held that warrant had got it, probably by foul means, from Hannaford, and were concerned in his murder? And more than that, did the gang of which Basveri spoke really exist? Wasn't it likely that the gang was Basveri? I muttered Matherfield, I've been thinking of that. Yet, said Blenkinsop, it was on the cards that there might be a gang. We searched all the newspapers' accounts thoroughly. We found that next to no information could be got as to Hannaford's movements between the time of his arrival in London and the night of his death. The one man who might have given more information about Hannaford's doings on the evening preceding his death, Granite, was dead, evidently poisoned, as Hannaford was poisoned. These were circumstances, they've probably occurred to both of you, 
which led us to believe that Hannaford had formed the acquaintance of folk here in town who were a shady sort. And one thing was absolutely certain. If the gang, or if Basveri, had really got the warrant, they had got it from Hannaford, eh? That may be taken as certain, assented Heatherwick, either directly or indirectly, it must have been from him. We think they, or he, got it directly from him. Our theory is that, if there is a gang, Basveli is an active, perhaps the leading member, that Hannaford was previously acquainted with him, or some other member, that Hannaford was with him or them on the evening preceding his death, that he jokingly told them that he had discovered the identity of Madame Listorel with Mrs. Whittingham, and that they poisoned him, and granite as being present, in order to keep the secret to themselves and to blackmail Madame Listorel and her sister, Lady Riversreep. That's our general idea, and that's why, on Monday noon, we issued the advertisement. We meant to keep things to ourselves at first, and, if substantial evidence came, to pass it over to the police. Now you know everything. It may be, if there is a gang, that one member will turn traitor for the sake of five thousand pounds, and if he can exculpate himself satisfactorily, it may be, too, that matters will develop until we're in a position to fasten things on Basveri. I still wish that either Lady Riversreed or Major Pentony had handed him over to custody, said Matherfield. You see, you've got to remember that Basveri never demanded anything for himself, interrupted Pentony. He represented himself as a go-between. But our man's safe enough, a retired detective, and... Just then, a clerk opened the door and entered with a telegram. Blankensop tore open the envelope, glanced hurriedly at the message, and flung the form on his desk with an exclamation of annoyance. "'This is from our man,' he said, sent from Dover.' followed Basveri down there, and Basveri's slipped him. End of chapter 16